Hi everybody, this is Cheryl Richardson for our weekly Facebook Live event, <laughs> weekly Facebook Live session. It's um, just about six o'clock and I'll wait a couple of minutes for people to start joining. Welcome. You can give me a heart or a thumbs up just to let me know that you can see me and hear me. Looks like you can, but I'll wait to um, see a comment from somebody. There we go. Hey Terry, thanks for being here um, and thanks for supporting me. I appreciate that. And hi, hi, Jessica. Welcome. Welcome, Marianne, Maryam. And um, hi, Alexandra. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. Hi, Lisa. Welcome. Nice to have you here. And Celeste. <sighs> yeah, Ryan. Ryan from South London. Ryan, I have been hankering to get to London, I have to tell you. Um, I've got to get back there when I'm not sick and can actually enjoy myself. Hi, Mary and Sarah and Becky. Welcome. And Carol. Hi. Nice to have you here. Angela. Um, so, en bonjour. Amélie, welcome. Welcome. And Joel. Hi, Joel. I'm glad you're still enjoying Debbie's book. Um, and thank you, Erin. I'm glad you're enjoying Waking Up in Winter. <laughs> and yes, Dawn, you made it here at the start. Now we can get going now that you're here. Um, so tonight I want to spend a little bit of time talking about speaking up for yourself and um, using your voice elegantly and effectively. And uh, for those of you who don't read my weekly blog, um, I hope you do. You can subscribe to it at CherylRichardson.com. This week I wrote about the young people who are using their voices and speaking up in relation to gun violence here in the States. And, um, and I just thought it would be a good topic. You know, uh, one of the things I said in the blog was that Something like, if we can't speak up for ourselves, you know, if we can't say no to a friend who, to a draining friend, let's say, who is um, just constantly complaining and never doing anything about it, or um, say no to somebody who's chronically critical with us, um, if we can't say no to those things, then we're all screwed, frankly, um, because right now, we need to be able to find our voices. We need to be able to speak up. We need to be able to set boundaries and say no and say yes and all of those things. And we need to do so gracefully and elegantly so that people can actually hear us, number one. Number two, and even more important, so that people, um, so that we feel good about ourselves after we do that. So I want to say a little bit about um, how to elegantly use your voice and uh, find it and then use it. Now, certainly social media gives us plenty of opportunities to do this. How many times have you read uh, a comment from somebody who may be posted on um, your, uh, uh, you know, your uh, Facebook post that you made, somebody commented on it, or your, um, your, I don't know, you know, somebody has an opinion about something you've said, and they've got a strong opinion, and they really kind of ram it down your throat. We see that a lot on social media, and a lot of people complain about it. A lot of people have such a hard time with it, and I certainly understand that. I do, too, as somebody who's sensitive and caring and um, who really wants to, uh, you know, wants to be effective in my communication. Uh, I don't you know, there are times where it's much easier for me to sort of shy away from that than to speak up. But, you know, we have to own our power and we have to be able to use it. So whether you see somebody on social media, read something on social media, have somebody in your life who um, has a strong opinion that they sort of, you know, push on you, or whether you're somebody who does that yourself, 
God knows I've done it plenty of times. The first most important thing we need to do in finding our voice is recognize that we have a responsibility to manage our own emotions. We have to manage, um, we have to really, yeah, we have to manage our emotions. We have to take a deep breath, step back when our buttons get pushed, when you read a comment from somebody or you have a conversation with someone and they say something you don't like. It's nine and a half, 99.9% of the time, it's not a good idea to respond right away. We, are, we live in a culture that is so fast. Technology has just sped everything up. We think quick, we act quick, we respond quickly, we react quickly, and that's usually never synonymous with elegance. So the first thing you wanna do is take a deep breath, take a step back, and really begin to notice how you feel. You wanna know something amazing? A very, very high percentage of the reactions you have to other people have anything to do with them. A high percentage of your instant reaction has a lot more to do with your history and you than it does anything that's happening outside of you. As a matter of fact, I can tell you that if you get your buttons pushed and you wanna lash out in some way, I promise you, there's a huge percentage of that button that just got pushed that belongs to something or many things that happened in your past that stacked up over time and suddenly, you know, saw an open door, an opening to kind of, you know, put that reaction out there in the world. And so it's never going to be effective in present day. So we need to stop, take a deep breath, step back, and really just tend to ourselves. What just went on there, I ask myself? wow, I notice I'm having a strong reaction to that situation. How come? What button did that just push in me? Or buttons did it push in me? Where have I had this reaction before? What kind of thoughts am I thinking? Or what am I feeling? Am I angry? Am I feeling ashamed? Do I feel guilty? Do I feel frustrated? Unheard? Pissed off? Um, what's going on for me? What am I feeling right now? You know, the feminine honors feeling, finds power in feeling. Feelings aren't facts, but they provide us with really important information. So what am I feeling right now based on what just happened? Wow, I'm really hurt by that comment that person made. Or I'm really pissed off about, you know, what that person said. They didn't get me at all. I wasn't even talking about that. Or wow, I feel kind of zinged by that quick unexpected jab. I feel like I got jabbed, right? Just notice how you're feeling and start to name your reactions. Just name them to yourself. You can name them out loud if you're by yourself. I feel really hurt right now. I'm really pissed at this person. I feel like they just, I feel misunderstood. So name the feeling. And then you can also begin to pay attention to the thoughts. Notice the attack thoughts as they call it in the Course in Miracles. Notice the, the attack thoughts that happen. Who do they think they are talking to me like that? or screw them, I'm gonna teach them a thing or two. Or the attack thoughts could even be, oh my God, I can't believe I'm such a loser. I can't believe that I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't think before I said that. Or, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe that that came out of my mouth. Like just notice the thoughts that you think. All of this is about cultivating self-awareness. It's about beginning to notice, wait a minute, Every contact I have with another human being is an opportunity for me to learn something about myself and maybe even to heal something within me. So there are no, 
coincidences when it comes to two people coming head to head with one another. And the reason I don't call that a coincidence is because you can make it mean something important and helpful by paying attention to your own reaction, your own feelings, and the thoughts that you think about it. So when you do that, when you notice that you have this reaction, hold on while I just look for my water here. When you notice you're having a strong reaction, you might feel thirsty. You might notice your heart rate get elevated. You might feel like you can't breathe. You might feel like you want to run and go to bed or run and hide. Um, you might feel like you want to go to the fridge and eat. Very common one for women. Uh, women who have a hard time, whose boundaries get crossed and they don't know how to um, deal with that boundary crossing will usually just start stuffing their anger, their unexpressed rage, their fear, whatever it is, start just stuffing it with food. Very common thing to do. Men do that too. I just deal with so many women. So just notice your feelings, the thoughts you think, and then the actions. What happens? What do you do when you're up against something where you get emotionally reactive in some way? All of these things are in an effort to really help you begin to tend to yourself and to also begin preparing yourself to soothe yourself. This is all the work that's done before you use your voice in an effective way. Using your voice just for the sake of using your voice is completely ineffective. We want to use it in a skillful way because skillful voice using is the kind of using of one's voice that actually can change situations, heal relationships, move mountains, um, lead a movement, uh, you know, make really important changes in life. So as you notice how you feel and you notice what you're thinking and you notice what you feel compelled to do, even if it's, oh, I'm going to type an email right back to that person or I'm going to make a comment right back. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I used to because I'm not on Facebook that much anymore except on my fan page. How many times I want to just write back to people and go, hold on a second. Before you judge, pay attention to what's going on inside your own being here. Or before you comment or before you, you know, lash back with a response, notice what's going on for you here. Because as you do all of that, as you become self-aware, as you notice your feelings, and you notice I keep repeating this for a reason, as you notice how you feel, as you notice what you're thinking, and as you notice what you feel compelled, which is an important word here, what you feel compelled to do, the next step is a really important one, and that is to just simply close your eyes and ask your subconscious to give you a number related to this situation. You don't even have to, the subconscious mind is like a computer. It just stores lots of memories and information for you. It doesn't have a judgment about what it should call forward or not. It's like a computer. You give it an assignment and it just starts to, to respond to you. So you can simply say to your subconscious mind, okay, give me a number related to the situation right now and notice the first number that occurs to you, the very first one that comes up. So it might be that you're Noticing that you're having strong feelings about something, you notice that your thoughts are attack thoughts in some way, either towards others or towards yourself, and you notice that you feel compelled to act in some way. And when you ask your subconscious mind, the subconscious gives you the number 10. Then the next thing I want you to do is I want you to just very quietly, with your eyes closed, ask your subconscious to give you a memory, a word, a phrase, it could be a song, it could be an image, anything. Give you a piece of information 
related to 10 years old that might be getting triggered right now. It's just a fun little exercise that you can try. So just notice, and it might be that my subconscious gave me the number 10, and I ask it for more information. What happened at 10 years old that's, that's being re-triggered right now, that reminds me of right now? Simple question. Oh, I remember when I got blamed for doing something that I didn't do when I was 10 years old, and my mother wouldn't listen to me. I'm making this up. I tried to tell her, no, no, Mom, it wasn't me, but she was like, oh, stop, go to your room. And I felt frustrated, and I felt misunderstood, and I felt frustrated and angry. And I had to go to my room and I had to sit there and I couldn't do anything. And I just wanted to like hit something, which by the way, is the normal fight or flight response. Animals do this in wildlife all the time. When they're under threat, when they're being attacked, when the threat disappears, they usually have to shake out their body. They like, they literally have to just release the adrenaline from their body once the fight or flight system is engaged and then disengaged. So as human beings, a lot of times we feel compelled to act. It's just that we do so without recognizing we're conscious beings who can actually experience past, present, and future, and we need to stop, take a deep breath, and notice, oh, okay, this is reminding me of the time when my mother um, blamed me for something I didn't do, okay? Now, what's really important about that is just remembering that memory, just recalling that experience instantly starts the healing process. And it begins the process of self-soothing where you'll notice when you connect it to something related to you from your past that's getting triggered right now, you'll notice your blood pressure starts to calm down, your breathing begins to return, maybe just a little, but it begins to return. You start to feel a little more relaxed about the situation, less reactive, less compelled to do something. You've got some space between what just happened and your reaction to it. That's the elegant, loving, compassionate, responsible way to deal with stuff. Now look, I'm a human being and I know, just like all of you, I get my buttons pushed sometimes and I just want to lash out and I do. I'm not proud of it, but I do. Sometimes I do. I'm human. I can always apologize afterwards. I make mistakes. We all make mistakes. So we have to give ourselves permission to learn and to grow and evolve. So this is not about perfection, people. This is about progression, right? It's about learning and growing. But we do have a responsibility for how we communicate, and especially for those of you who want to impact the planet in some bigger way, want to get your point across, want to educate people. You'll never do it if you're just yelling in a text or a comment or a post somewhere. When your anger speaks louder than your words, nobody gets heard and nothing gets changed. So, 10 years old, I recognize I got triggered. That's when I, that's when I just say to myself, sweetheart, okay, we're now going to grow ourselves back up. Because in that moment, you're reacting like a 10-year-old. At least some part of you is reacting like a 10-year-old. And you want to grow yourself back up into adult form, which can happen in just a couple of minutes, a minute even. Okay, I just noticed I just got my buttons pushed. It reminds me of the time that I felt misunderstood when I was 10 years old. I'm not even going to post a comment. I'm going to take a step back here. And I'm just going to really, you know, talk gently to myself. Sweetheart, I'm sorry that happened. You're not 10. I'm sorry you weren't listened to back then, but I can listen to you now. As the adult who carries that child within me, we carry all of our children from all different ages, whether you believe it or not, 
It's happening. All you have to do is, you know, pay attention to people getting their buttons pushed and start to notice what age they actually look like they are. They could be a number of different ages. Getting my buttons pushed, I'm now going to be able to tend to that young person inside of me that just got activated. And I'm going to let her know, you know what, I'm here for you. I'll handle this situation in an adult fashion, in a responsible, elegant way, in a skillful way, so I can use my power in a skillful way. You go take a nap. I got you. And I got this. That's when the self-soothing begins, by comforting that part of us that got activated. Now, I'm telling you people, sometimes it means you spend... You take a whole 24 hours before you respond to something, especially that you have to respond to. Sometimes it means you take a week before you respond. But if you want to learn how to find your voice and use your voice in the most skillful way, you must begin by taking responsibility for your side of the communication and the fact that most of us, when we get our buttons pushed, are taking 90% of our reaction is based on stuff that happened way back then and not what's happening right now. And so you'll start to see other things like you, you know, you want to begin to see comments on social media, reactions on social media in a different light. You know, instead of reading a judgmental comment, let's say by somebody or an angry comment as, you know, they're such a jerk. I can't believe, I can't believe they just said that. Or, you know, they're such idiots or they're so uninformed or whatever judgments we might have about them you can start to maybe just take a deep breath and look at them and say, wow, something got really pushed inside of them. Something, some button got pushed that really compelled them to react quickly. And um, they may not know it, but I can know it. And I can choose not to take it in. I can choose certainly not to respond to it. I can choose even to limit my engagement, you know, too many people are just using social media to just piss all over each other. And it makes me crazy because it's never effective. Nothing changes when we're just yelling at each other, when we're judging each other, when we're one-upping each other, when we're reacting all over each other and puking our unfinished stuff on, on each other. Nothing ever gets handled effectively that way. So if you really want to be powerful and you really want to change the world, start by changing yourself. Start by paying attention to your own reactions. Notice your feelings and the thoughts you think and the actions you feel compelled to take. Notice how old you feel in that moment and take a few moments to, to, to just remember what may have happened at that age that might be causing the reaction right now and then really comfort that young part of you. Because if you do that, You'll become an effective leader in your family. You'll become a far more effective leader in your community, in your school system, at work, in the nonprofits that you work for, in any leadership capacity whatsoever. People will start to pay attention to you because they get that you don't react all over them. You actually show up as an adult wanting to make a difference and wanting to be skillful in the way that you do so. So that's my two cents on owning your power and your voice. And um, I'm just going to take a few moments here to look at some of your comments. And um, if you have any comments related to what I've spoken about or any questions, go ahead and ask them. And um, I, will, uh, I will be happy to do what I can to um, 
to answer them. So let's see. I love not doing this. Yes. Um, it is It is challenging, Ev, to stay in adult mode when we're triggered. Um, it just is. I mean, all of us. You can watch you can watch people when I watch people honestly when I watch people on the news going back and forth at each other back I, I laugh to myself I think okay there's a 14 year old there's a 10 year old there's an 8 year old you know the crazier people get in that regard the less adult they are and the less effective they are that's the thing that just is really kind of sad um inner child work is very important you're absolutely right Alicia and even if it sounds corny or it sounds like it's, I mean, please God, if more people took inner child work or recognizing there are, we, we carry our history in our bones and in our psyche. Um, if more and more people realize that, uh, the world would be, you know, would start to like turn around as we take first responsibility for ourselves and our own healing and our own communication and how we, um, we get caught up. Rachel says, I get so caught up in social media and texting, I think you mean, to reply to so many Facebook posts. It's so hard not to reply, but I'm replying less. Yeah. Here's the other thing that happens. This kind of drama on social media becomes an energy source for human beings. Now, as human beings, we all need energy in order to function, right? Healthy forms of energy are nutritious food, exercise, loving conversations where we feel connected and and seen and mirrored and heard with one another. Um, anything we do to take care of our health, great sleep is an energy source. But human beings also get their energy from other things like gossip and drama. And I mean, that's why we have this huge uh, sensational media network that we have. We used to have actually journalism where people paid attention to truth and people paid, people cared about the depth of a conversation, not the headlines. But nowadays, we have all this sensational news media, and it is it is perfectly designed to keep you on the edge of your seat, wanting more. It's like hell. It's it, it's like it, it it fosters an addiction. It's perfectly designed to keep you on the edge of your seat, wanting more, and making it really really difficult to not engage in some way. But once again, I'm talking about us managing ourselves, managing our energy, managing our emotional state, and managing our time on social media and the way that we'll engage with electronics. Who's in charge of your life? You or your Facebook page? You or your Instagram account or your Twitter account? Now, there's nothing wrong with them. You all know I use them to be in communication with all of you, but I try to use them in a responsible, skillful, elegant way and to convey information that's hopefully helpful and inspiring and healing. Um, and I want it to reach as many people as possible. And I also limit, I don't use a personal Facebook page because I have enough to do keeping up with my own life, let alone everybody else's. <laughs> All right, let's see. Um, yeah, if you post your opinions, you do open yourself to other people's um, opinions. And yeah, my niece was brave. I mean, listen, what I love about what Amanda did is she's going to learn really, really young to stand up for what she believes in, in spite of people not liking it. But she's doing it in a very quiet, elegant way. She's holding a sign that she believes in that talks about the importance of speaking up, of not being silent. She's choosing to go to a march that was really important to her. I want to support her using her voice in a way that's going to be um, heard. And I'm not going to tell her to just ignore her feelings around that. That's crazy. Hi, Jerry. Glad you're here. Ian says, let's see. 
Hi, Cheryl. My youngest son of 22 is schizophrenic. He's living with his mother, but after some changes is now living with me. As an empath, I find it difficult to be with him when he needs when he needs me without taking on his low emotion. In short, I let it all in and wind up feeling overwhelmed. How do I stay on my side of the fence with, when his pain is so close? How do I keep my light bright to help him when my default is to try and go to his level? That's a really tough situation. It's like, you know, when my husband Michael was really sick and was in a deep depression, it was really hard for me, Ian, because I felt like somebody had pulled down dark shades over our home and they never got lifted. And, um, and Michael certainly felt even worse than that. I had to really, I took too long to get support in. I had to make sure that I had consistent time outside of the house with loving and supportive people so that I could get filled up and come back and be supportive with Michael from a full plate instead of um, a really a depleted plate that would not give me any, any uh, you know, not give me the kind of patience and presence that I wanted for him. So it was very, very important to also um, involve support of other people. So any kind of group that you can get your son involved with or any kind of, especially, you know, since he has schizophrenia, any kind of mental health group led by a therapist would be really, really important. It's just important to get some space because um, you're going to need breathing room in order to be able to, um, in order to be able to replenish your energy. And um, I send you lots of love with that, too. Um, yes, this practice, Jeanette says, she, it could be very helpful with teachers. It could be very helpful with police. It could be very helpful with politicians. I mean, anybody in positions where you're affecting the lives of others in such a direct way, we need to learn these practices of stopping and taking a breath. Now, it's very tricky when you're dealing with law enforcement. You know, that's a very skillful situation to be able to handle a tough situation where your life is at stake and the lives of others and be present at the same time. And that takes special, special training and practice, lots of experience. That's not just a head. It's not an intellectual um, endeavor. It's an experience that people need to have over and over and over again so they can practice doing it. Okay. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for your feedback here. Um, yeah, there's a wonderful book. Um, Terry, we'll put it in the we'll put it in the resources. Growing Yourself Back Up by John Lee. Terry, I'm pretty sure that's it's either Grow Yourself Back Up or Growing Yourself Back Up by John Lee. I recommend it all the time. I think it's really important. Um, and Shannon is recommending a book, Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. Um, great. You know what? Listen, our poor parents never got this kind of training. Nobody ever said to them, Hey, take a deep breath before you try and handle the craziness that's in front of you like let's look at let's look at what's being triggered i mean you know we're we're just the generations that are learning this kind of getting this kind of support these poor people were raising kids without any training at all and any support for themselves okay let's see yes choose healthy energy without a doubt um well and caroline says it's hard to do this work um when most of us around aren't doing it you know what I you know what I say to that Caroline? I say what an opportunity for growth. What an opportunity for growth. First of all, if you've got a lot of people in your life all the time that are reacting and overly emotional and not managing their own emotions, you have to limit the amount of time you spend with those people. 
so that you can be with them in an effective way. But also, it's a really wonderful opportunity to practice what I'm talking about when you're around people who are reacting. Take a deep breath, walk away if you need to. A lot of times you might need to walk away. Take a deep breath, walk away, notice what's getting triggered in you, and don't come back into the conversation until you feel like you can do so, excuse me, until you feel like you can do so as an adult, and then that's gonna help everybody around. Um, yes. Um, okay, so John says, Cheryl, I'm watching with my eight-year-old stepson, Matthew. Hi, Matthew, I'm so glad you're here. I know you're only eight, but I hope some of this resonates. He had a situation at school today and responded reactively and threw things. He listened, he heard, and just now said, wow, thanks, I really needed this today. Oh, Matthew. Listen, Matthew, I'm going to give you a little thing you can do also. So when you're in school and if something bugs you, as a matter of fact, do I have a um, Terry, Nick Ortner's uh, brother has the book, um, I want to say it's Gorilla Thumps. I can't remember the title, but it's a children's book on tapping. John, if you send an email to chris at cherylrichardson.com and tell her you were on with me, so um, chris at cherylrichardson.com, C-H-R-I-S, I'll send you a copy of Nick's book. Matthew, I'm going to send you a copy of Nick's book. It's a great book for um, learning tapping for children. But Matthew, the next time you're in school and something you know, pushes your buttons and you want to throw things, which I understand as a kid, you haven't learned yet how to manage your emotions. So your dad's going to teach you and I'm going to help you learn too. You can do this. You can tap right here. You see where the collarbone is right here? Let me move my comments out of the way. Right here is our collarbone, right? Right on either side of your Adam's apple, Matthew. I don't have one, but you have one. If you just tap just a little bit below that when you're in school, you can even do it with one hand when nobody, you know, who cares if people look, but I know you're eight. You can just tap and just say to yourself, even though I'm upset right now, I love myself anyway. Even though I'm mad, I love myself. You can do it just like that, quietly to yourself. Even though I'm mad, I love myself. Even though I'm really mad, I love myself right now. And the book I'm going to send you is going to teach you how to do the tapping, um, especially while you're, you're at school. And it will be awesome. It'll really, really help you. And just the fact, Matthew, that you noticed in listening to this that there's something else that you can do differently tells me you're probably an old soul, my little darling. You probably have um, a lot of wisdom inside of you and your little body's just trying to figure out a way to deal with the emotions that come up. It's absolutely normal. This is what happens when we're children and we have to rely on adults to teach us how to manage our emotions more effectively, which is why I'm teaching your dad and everybody else here today, because this is how we teach children to take care of themselves, by doing it ourselves as adults. Okay, I've got to run pretty soon. Um, Celeste says, what kind of training do you recommend to up-level in these areas, Cheryl? Do you have a program or book that would help? Um, and thank you, I'm glad you liked waking up in winter. Um, I would check out family, uh, f internal family systems work. Um, Terry, uh, I know somebody on here before has given us a great resource. Um, I think it's a wonderful form of therapy that really teaches us about the different parts of us inside and how to communicate with those parts and also inner child work. You know, Charles Whitfield years ago wrote, um, I think it's Healing 
the inner child. Um, I know, Terry, you'll find that too. Charles Whitfield is another uh, book that you can check out. A lot of the early adult children of alcoholics books um, were very, very helpful around this. And I think somebody mentioned John Bradshaw. Let me just say, his work is also really, really great. So um, anything, any of John Bradshaw's books, I think, are fantastic. So, um, all right, let's see. I'm going to, uh, let me see. Okay. Uh, thanks, Lisa. Yeah, Growing Yourself Back Up by John Lee. Okay, good. Thanks. I appreciate that, honey. Um, okay, yeah, John Bradshaw's teaching. Alicia, that was you. I knew somebody had said it. So, um, anyway, so let me just wrap it up by saying that um, I really want you to be powerful. And I really want you to use your voice. And I really want you to be able to make, to help make important changes in the world. And we're not, going to be, we're not going to be able to do it by being mean and nasty and pissed off and a know-it-all and, you know, um, just trying to, like, drum our point into other people. Remember what I said in the beginning of this broadcast? When your anger's so loud, nobody hears what you have to say. So it all begins with being really loving to yourself by managing your own emotions and by managing your reaction and your responses and using it as an opportunity to heal some part of you that's actually asking to be healed. I believe that that's what happens when we have the reactions we do. It's that young, some young part of us saying, hey, hello, hello, I'm here. I need a little healing. I need an adult here. I need somebody to hear me and see me and let me know that it's gonna be okay. Because then when we do that, we end up being just far more effective leaders in the workplace, in our community, in our families, in our relationships one-on-one, -on -one, in the work that we do in the world, all of it benefits. It's a really, really important conversation. All right. Thank you for being here with me. I have to run because I have a date tonight with a friend to watch The Voice. <laughs> Two of us who love singing and love music, we're going to watch it together and I'm looking forward to that. So I love you all very much. I so appreciate you being here with me and um, I hope that this Facebook uh, Live was helpful to you about using your voice in an elegant way and an effective way. And I'll look forward to being with you next week. Oh, by the way, you guys are getting the sneak preview of this. I want you to know that every Monday at 6 o'clock Eastern, I'm going to be taking over Louise Hayes' Facebook page. And I'm going to be doing live coaching about whatever it takes to create an exceptional life. So that's starting next Monday, 6 o'clock Eastern on Louise Hayes' Facebook page, I'll be there. I'll also be doing my own Facebook Live here, but I wanted you to know about that as well. It'll go in the newsletter this week, and um, the newsletter is uh, at CherylRichardson.com. If you're not subscribed, please do. I'd love to have you in our family. All right, thanks so much. Take good care and have a great week. Bye.